Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Yo, what's up, boys? How we doing this morning? Wow, Spencer, chipper. Chipper Israel, man, I like it. I like the enthusiasm. Uh, we're down eight and three, nine handles at 55.50. We had a ridiculous move to 44.83, and that's like 4.48 on the spiders at 4.15. I don't know who was buying what and why, but uh, we're about 30 handles off that high, just hovering above the pre-market low. Uh, crude bouncing back from yesterday's $4 beatdown, up a buck ten at 93.18. Gold's down to buck eighteen fifty five. Silver going the opposite way. Silver is up seven cents at twenty three forty two. Bitcoin stuck in the water at forty four one oh five, down one ten. And Ethereum that's down three bucks at thirty one twenty. A big earnings reports, big economic day. Triple D, you're going to have your head on a swivel here until ten o'clock. It's going to be one of those days I can just tell right now because I left for two minutes and I just came up and I just noticed buy flat. I'm like, oh, and I got screwed by the eight o'clock print because I was just looking at the last. I didn't look at the bid and the offer. I hate that. At eight o'clock, it always seems to go back flat, flashes back flat because um, I don't know. There's like a bunch of off exchange trades that hit the tape right then. So it changes your last and your system and it screws you up. So, anyways, I was in a good mood all morning until I just did that, and I just made a trade based on that we were flat S and P, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, we're not flat. We're the same place we just were." Yeah, why'd you I take left that? my desk for five minutes. What's that? Was it just a? I, when did this happen? At eight o'clock, they does that. Oh, the when they turn the eight o'clock prints. I sat down right there. Oh, and everything and goes lit. At lit at eight o'clock. A lot of exchanges go live. Yeah, they, they hit the old, the old trades, hit the tape. It screws up your last. And at forty six ten, we're showing like we're flat. So I was like, oh my gosh, we just ride the whole thing back again. And then I just made a trade and I was like, pound my head. Sleepy Dennis. Obviously, it's 8 o'clock trades. We didn't just rally 10 handles. So no. it is what it is. I just made a bad trade off of that. So anyways, now I was in a bad mood. Good mood to bad mood instantly. That's how, you, that's how it works, eh? Is you're a trader, you make a good trade, you're in a good mood. Bad trade, bad mood. Especially life of a trader. Good, the life of right. a trader. All right, so we have a lot to get to, and I, I want to go to some earnings reports. But um, we were talking about this before we hopped on here, and and with within the con the the broader context of these earnings reports, because uh, there is there is a trend playing out. Because I want to talk about Shopify, and I want to talk oh. about, I want to talk about Airbnb, but I want to do them together, right? Because the Shopify report came out this morning, and it was not great and the stock is down i'll give you the numbers on shopify right now their eps came in below estimates at a buck 36 compared to a buck 58 their sales came in below estimates as well uh 1.38 versus 1.69 billion dollars so that stock is down the guidance um, wasn't great here either and on an adjusted basis they actually did beat but it was just a small beat and i'm looking here at stock down almost 50 bucks yeah here's the problem is like, it's all about, you know, what have you done for me lately? And obviously, we know that, you know, there's been a lot of stocks that have 
disappointed the street and then just continued to go down. And we saw it with Facebook where it disappointed. Everybody's buying the dip on the initial day. That was absolutely no the wrong thing to do. Yep. Stocks went from $248 that day down to 217 So you've lost 30 points on You've lost roughly 12 more percent since the actual disappointment. PayPal, same thing. Even with the rally yesterday, we had a wicked rally in everything that's beat up. PayPal didn't really get a sniff. It was up like 50 cents on the day. So, I mean, same story. Stock reports, disappointing numbers, catching a lot of people and obviously making new 52-week lows. So bag holders all over the place. Opens that day right on the high tick at 139.89 and has went straight down ever since. So it's like, if you if you disappoint but you snap back quick the first you know, day they, they the first, find the, the first or second lining. day first yeah second you gotta day. snap back that first day and if you don't if you don't get above like the open from that first day or at least the you know the high of that day then you're in trouble and then the death by a thousand cuts continues to come so we don't know. Maybe Shopify is going to snap back. Maybe they'll find a silver lining. Maybe they'll say something on the conference call. But if they don't. This could again again be the same thing, like slow bleed out. So it's been a mistake to buy, you know, it seems like it's been a mistake to buy the dip on the earnings disappointments. And that's contrary to what we have seen over the past couple of years, where when you get a good name, a widely, you know, a widely a wide name in social media disappoints that they snap back eventually. And in this case, it's just not happening. So I, I think it's very important for Shopify to stabilize and start to get some of this back. Because if it doesn't, it could get PayPal'd, it could get Facebooked. There's a lot of you know metaphors. You know, there's a lot of different names. You can Stay use at home stuff. stock too. I mean, in, in a lot of ways, That's right? A problem too. Yeah. <clears throat> so reopening and Spencer Israel to your point, which was a great point you yeah. just made on the pre pre market show, is the stay at home stocks. And we've been talking about the reopening trade. Let's just go to there. The yeah. reopening trade has been actually very sneakily hot. And you have seen a lot of reopening stocks rally substantially. I mean, Royal Caribbean, the cruise lines are up 10, 12% in the last week. American Airlines, airline $15 two weeks ago. It's 19, almost $19 here now. That's a big 20% move. The reopening trade is kind of on. And that means the technology trade and you know is, is taking a little bit of a backseat right now. So I have a few things to point out here. First off, Airbnb, this is, uh, I guess, simultaneously a, a stay-at-home and a reopening trade, but I guess mostly a reopening trade. Uh, reported last night, profitable for the second quarter in a row. Uh, sales came in above estimates. They gave strong sales guidance above estimates. Their EBITDA was... Uh, a massive year-over-year increase uh, in the adjusted EBITDA. And uh, we were streaming the conference call. I was listening to it, and, and the CEO made a great point. Airbnb as a company was founded during the Great Recession, and it was born out of that. And that was a massive catalyst for the company's growth. And um, he said this on the call yesterday. You, you could just see a ton more um, demand in terms of – or supply, I guess, in terms of – um number of, of rentals are, uh, are on Airbnb, people looking to get get some more income uh, in an inflationary environment, people looking to generate rental income. So Airbnb had a very good quarter. Um, so I would, I would point you to that. I'd also point you to Expedia, who reported, I think, on Thursday, uh, traded down all day Friday, and has come all the way back in the last couple of days. So um, yeah. the, the reopening straight, uh, trade is, is 
just echoing what you said, is very strong here. Yeah, so they're buying the reopening stock. So we, we what we try to do, and what I try to do as you know, a, a, an avid trader and a, an active trader, is try to identify those patterns. And once you can identify a new pattern, you know that's what's working. The pattern in this earnings season is exactly right. They've been buying the reopening stocks on the dips, and they haven't been so much buying a lot of the other, you know. Technology companies on the dips, like when you've got the earnings dips. Again, it's it's trend too, right? So Expedia wasn't breaking down to a new 52-week low. It was a dip in an uptrend, so that still holds. Stocks that are in overall uptrends, they're still buying the dips on those. The stocks that are in downtrends, they're not buying the dip on those, and it makes sense because you have so many bag holders. Not a lot of bag holders in a stock like Expedia, at least not in the last couple of you know. Not well, if you go to Expedia, I mean, not not at all. I mean, the stocks that are not no all bag holders, high. yeah. That's incredible, wow. you know, when you think about where we are. And you've got booking, which is right up there, too, near all-time highs. I mean, we're going to hear from Trip, I believe, tonight. Yeah, uh, we're going to hear from Trip Advisor tonight, which yeah. has definitely not been the best of breed. It's been a laggard in the group. But, I mean, there's a clear path of what you're seeing. And we, if, we, if we start looking past COVID, I mean, and, and you know, you, you see the media attention in Canada. And, you know, they're saying, you know, you think you've got a different picture here. Canada, Ontario's open. We're open for business. I mean, it's not like we're locked down and it's a communist country and the government's controlling everything. That's a media narrative that's, you know, basically fake news. It's, you know, not anything the case. Movie theaters are open. Restaurants are open. People are going about their business. Schools are open. Everything is reopened here. So for, for the most part. And, you know, and they're talking about getting rid of the vaccine passports, which I agree with. I don't think the vaccine passports are necessary because I think the data is showing that a person that ha- a person that's vaccinated and a person that's not vaccinated carry it the same way. So meaning that if you're not vaccinated, you're not any more risk to the other people. You're only at risk potentially to yourself. So I don't see why we even have these vaccine passports. I know other countries have gotten rid of it. I know that's what the truckers are protesting. Um, I'm not saying I'm with like truckers. I'm just, we don't yeah, need these I mean, vaccine I mean, passports anymore. So, but but you know they're off the ambassador bridge now. I mean, but but you know I've taken it to that conversation. But I'm just saying we're trying to look past COVID here now. We are reopening, and a lot of those stocks are the ones that are really moving higher. So the reopening trade is on. Oh, yeah. Marriott, Hilton. Uh, yeah, in, in an environment where stocks have been relatively weak overall. The, the, the Hilton's at an all-time high there, too. I mean, you have stock. Marriott, you're right, too, Joel. Marriott, I mean, the reopening trade is on. Even Disney, it rallied on its earnings. It dipped a little bit after, but they bought it back up there again. So you can see clear separation here that the reopening trade is on. I don't know how long that lasts. Maybe there's going to be another wave. Maybe there's going to be another scare. But I think you're buying reopening stocks on dips. And Shopify, unfortunately, is not a reopening stock. I don't know what to say about this stock technically here. You got a, a pretty much a step-down seller. I don't know what that last print was. But they're pressing this thing. The good news for our Shop, uh, Shopify uh, shareholders is that there is there is support in here. And I'll split the last two months lows. Uh, we got down to 780 in January, 806 uh, uh, this month. I mean, it's a it's a wild stock. I mean, yeah, maybe you can hold. I don't know if you get down to that 780 today. Maybe a, a you know a little whoosh under 800 and then come back up. But right now, no one wants to no one wants to own this thing. And if you really want to take a bearish stance on this thing. 
You got 702 is your June low of 2020. And then you got six, you got 595, 595.03. I mean, and we've seen what a lot of these other stocks have done to their monthly charts. Like you're thinking, oh, it's not going to go through that area. And it cuts through it like a hot knife, like through butter. So 800 is my level today on the upside on a pop. If you're trying to play this from the long side, I, I think you have to drill down on your shorter term charge, your 15 minutes or your 30s. If, if you're trying to buy the dip in this. And you, you know what's not a, a reopening stock, and we were warned about this on yesterday's show, is Roblox, RBLS. Definitely not oh, he a reopening stock. He, he he my, Michael it. Pachter on our show yesterday said, yeah, I mean, you had a lot of people playing Roblox, a lot of kids on Roblox when they were doing school from home, but they're not doing school from home anymore. Uh, and their earnings report out yesterday, and, and they came in below estimates on the top line revenue, on the bottom line earnings per share. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, the stock has gotten, gotten, getting killed here this morning. You know why Pactor just makes good calls? Cause he just stops and thinks, uh, yeah. you know, like what's been happening here. And you're right. You know, it's just a natural, this was a stay at home play. This is not a stay at home environment. I'm, you know, obviously you've got great support down here. You got the old low $53. So it's $7 lower. You have a little bit at 60 as well. Is it going to bounce off there? It's still a loved name. It could. But again, this doesn't fit the script that, you know, we're jumping into lower real, PE, you know, value-oriented reopening stocks. It's not what the market kind of wants right now. So it, it has not had a sniff of a bounce here since the report. It bounced a little bit in the initial candle, but then we just had a slow bleed out. So you're down here near the lows of the after-hour session. 60 is huge. Like yep. there's the double. Joel, you can see that level. I mean, it yep. jumps out like a sore thumb. 60 is very important here. But There's it's just sitting here area. right now. It's just yeah, sitting not here getting right away now. from it. It's not, not getting, getting away going. from it. The so actual... it's not the kind of stock that I'm so inclined to come in and buy the dip. And obviously, we're talking about a company. I'm assuming they don't make money. Or do they make money? I'm assuming not. Uh, Roblox, no. Nah, they were. They're not profitable last quarter. Let's go back to. Let's go back. I don't to, know if they've ever been profitable. Uh, no, they have not. I mean. Pactor comes on the show, you know, on a stock like Unity, gives us, you know, a path to profitability. You know, like he's got numbers to get there. I don't know if other if Roblox has that same path right now. I'm I'm not sure. I don't follow it closely enough. I'll just say from a, you know, an in favor, not in favor. These stocks aren't in favor right now. So the metaverse, it's not about the metaverse right now. It's about the reopening. The metaverse is the opposite of reopening. The metaverse will do very well. In a stay-at-home lockdown environment because, oh, hey, we can go socialize through the metaverse. People have been locked down in some countries. I know it's in a lot of places in the U.S. have been open for a while now. But Ontario, Canada just coming out of it. So, you know, and other countries are just coming out of it. So, and maybe China's going into it. I don't know. Okay. But, I mean, we're excited to get out there and do stuff. So, there's a lot of the world that is coming out of this and excited to get out there and start doing things again. So staying at home and putting on my Oculus glasses and pretending to, you know, be somebody that I'm not and going over there and socializing at, you know, some virtual club, drinking Those a glasses. virtual beer, Those having glasses. a virtual advertising. Dennis, Dennis. Well, knock it till you try it. Dennis, Dennis. Knock it till you try it. Don't knock it till you try it. I agree with Spencer. Did you try it? Have you guys tried it? I've, I've been live with it. People love this stuff, man. Uh, you gotta, you gotta get with the times, man. It's 
It, well, the yeah. times are telling me that the market <laughs> is not into it as much. The, time, the, the market is yep. telling me that, uh, at least from the short-term perspective, that I'm right with my viewpoint because I've not been a fan of the metaverse here for a long time. I've publicly tweeted that out multiple times. I'd love to be short the metaverse. Shorting stocks like Roblox, Facebook, that's probably been the play. But, I mean, now is it getting overdone the other way? Is there an opportunity here in the long run? There might be. I don't know who the winners are going to be, though. It's so new. Like, how do you know if Facebook's going to be a big winner? I believe Pactor with Unity. I believe that's a possibility. But, you know, you got Roblox. You got a lot of these metaverse stocks. And most of them are making money. Dennis, give it a few years when your kids are a little older, and then we'll talk about the metaverse, all right? Because I I have a feeling. How is this different (laughs) than the Nintendo Wii? Like, going back, like, is it not just a souped-up version of Nintendo Wii from 20 years ago? I mean, I, mean, I have I created a like a, a Nintendo Wii. This is twenty years ago. I know, but it, I it, created these, you know, little memes of myself. And uh, seriously, can, tell I me can about say this, this real match. quick, real quick. Yeah, Dennis, you got to yes. understand. There's never been an economy, digital economy. Yeah. It's a whole this world, man. It's a whole world, man. You gotta, There's you never know. been money. I never, I never played Sims and made money. Now you can play The Sims. And make some money, like real money. In any regard, everybody who's saying I'm out of it, I haven't lost any money on it. I think a lot of people who've invested in this environment have lost a lot of money on it. So I still have time to change my mind here. I don't know. I think I, I've been. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not convinced either. I'm just. I'm to not going to say much either. I just think we're already like in the metaverse. I, I mean, know, I don't maybe. think it's really. Anything, well, that's what you know? Musk says. There's you a ten percent chance we're here. actually living in somebody else's metaverse. And, and I well, and I like we're actually just simulations ourselves, and we don't really okay. exist. It's that's an interesting concept. That's I, it. I get in big trouble. I've been <laughs> talking about the metaverse, you know, with the family and everything, and it's just like. Will you shut up with the metaverse? And I'm like, it's coming. But I, I want to just just going back to one thing Pactor said yesterday. Um, he threw out a couple zingers and, uh, you know, a couple good statements. When he was talking about the ATVI and Microsoft, did you hear what he called one of the law firms? Did you hear the statement? No. Mm-hmm. He called it a white shoe law firm. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought that was a great statement. You know what that means, right? No, I don't. Spencer, do you that, know what it means? That that's a known term, though. That's not his term. He didn't come up. No, with no, that. no, no, no. But it's just like a term you have it, and and I I thought about it because back in the old days, uh, you know, real old days, I used to have a pair of white bucks, you know, and there were these yeah. white shoes and everything, and he was basically saying the old guard, you know. Yeah, I, old, I, I thought. Well, this is me and Joel. I, I mean, maybe yeah. we're old and maybe we're going to get left behind and the metaverse is going to take off and we're not going to, you know, like, you know, we're going to do everything just sitting in our chair and, and that's it. But I, right. I don't know. Maybe, we might okay. be wrong. We okay. could be wrong. Okay. All right. All right. I'm, I'm bringing this back here. Bringing this back. Uh, you know, here's another reopening uh, trade today that is not working, but for a different reason. Um and that's uh, fun. F-U-N. Oh, man. Yeah, why would they turn that deal Not down? Not a lot of fun. So, apparently, SeaWorld uh, made an unsolicited takeover offer for uh, F-U-N, and that offer has been rejected by, by Cedar Fair. Um, and they had also earnings last night, but that's besides the point, I think, this morning. Um, the, yeah. The, 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 it was the, up 20% on the fact that SeaWorld yeah. might buy them. We, we can see we rallied from wow. $50 up to 61 
giving a lot of that back. Back at 50, it gets interesting. It is a reopening play. Like I said, I think yesterday on the show is I'd go to Cedar Point if I don't like roller coasters, but I'm I mean, going. if I was younger. I'm going in a few months. I don't know. Well, what. there you go. Yeah. They kill it, man, on those roller coasters. You know, what? What's, I don't know what the big the one Blue is Street. there now, but there, there are some crazy ones there. there. They that, had that there's... one, that dragster, top thrill dragster. I rode that thing like 15 years ago. It goes from zero to 120 miles an hour in four seconds. It's rocket ship technology. They kill it, man, on those, on those, uh, on, on, on those roller coasters. Cedar Point rocks. What Dennis was talking about was if it gets back down to the $50 area, that's where the whole move emanated yeah. from. So, um, you know, then, never they'll come back with, who yeah. knows? I, I mean, I think back at, I think at 50, I'd be a buyer. So you're 55, uh, 51, 52 is a lot more attractive to me than 55, but it, I don't know if it's going to, the problem is the reopening stock. So you would have been up a little bit just because you're in a reopening environment. So I don't know. I have no position in this. I actually trade day trade it last night, but I have no position in it now. So I can freely talk about it. I'm Cedar point. Someone doesn't know what Cedar I'm kind of want to buy the dip on it. I kind of want to buy the dip on it. Cedar points and San, uh, San, Sandusky. Dusky, yeah. Sandusky, Sandusky, Ohio. Yeah. It, the it's, Island, it's, it's Lake the big, Erie, big... full of roller coasters. It rocks. Cotton so, candy. Yeah, dogs, it's fun. If you're like a teenager, that place is awesome. I can't I, I, ride I've roller coasters anymore. I get a headache from You've it. You've never been? I never, yeah. I'm, going, I'm going this summer, so I, I don't know when, but I'm going. It's a killer. It's okay. If I was 15 years younger, I'd go with you, Spencer, but I can go to Disney World hey. now, but I cannot ride the, the top thrill dragster. I'd feel like I'm hungover for two days after that. <laughs> Dennis, Dennis, the invitation's open. I'm Bring gonna, your... I, uh, I used to love roller coasters in the younger ride. days. I can't do them now. I'm just saying. Bring a change of clothes, Spencer. What's that supposed to mean? Because if you go on one of these water rides, oh, okay, you're gonna get soaked. Oh, the water. Oh no, I didn't mean you're gonna do something <laughs> in your pants in one of the. What yeah, he gets have? up, he gets up to that top, and then they drop you ninety degrees. The gremlin, Uh-oh. isn't there? The I gremlin. I just wet myself. <laughs> but Spencer, you are not doing a good job in keeping this show under control. Actually, this show has gone off the rails. I know. We should just end it right no, now. I, I think I, I mean, doing a good job, actually. We're, Dan Ives will bring us back at the we're, end. We're, He'll be like Dan. I was just like, I'm going on with these guys. They're absolutely nuts. Yeah, these guys. They don't even talk stocks. They just talk like <laughs> roller coasters and memes and Nintendo Wii. And then they're going to talk Lazy Boy. <laughs> yeah, no. So Lazy Boy had earnings here. Uh, this is not. It's some stuff we discuss sometimes on this show. I guess it's kind of a stay at home trade, right? Because you stay at home in your Lazy Boy, right? So uh, their earnings yeah. per share. Uh, I'd put stay at home. Yeah, their earnings per share came in light, sixty-five cents versus an eighty-nine cent estimate. There, uh, sales uh, came in a little higher, five seventy-one versus five fifty-nine million dollars here. Um, but it's down. It, it sort of fits with our narrative of, of the day, right? Yeah, yeah. reopening yeah. hot, stay at home not. I could throw it in stay at home for sure. For sure, it, it's yeah. a stock that's gone nowhere for a long time, and this is a stock that's always range bound, has a little dividend. Um, you know, you get down this 32 area, do you find support again? You might, but we've hung out in this range from like 32 to 37 forever. Although on an earnings report, disappointment. I'm not buying disappointing earnings when they don't bounce back in the first five minutes because there's too many that continue to leak, and you're exactly right, Spencer. With this feeling more of a stay-at-home play, it's not a reopening play. So, like I said, I'd be kind of inclined to buy the fun dip. Fun dip, wasn't that a candy? I think it was fun dip, a little package, you know, powder. But anyways, oh. I'd be inclined to buy the fun dip. I would not be inclined to buy the lazy boy dip. 
And just for, we've said this a thousand times, Lazy Boy was founded in my hometown of Monroe, Michigan, a couple yes. so you know, hundred years ago. And, yeah. And uh, and one of my buddies is uh, Chuck, Chuck Kinebush. Uh, his great-grandfather uh, founded the company. He just went around the town. He would, like had this idea for a chair. He asked a couple people to invest with them, and he did. And he started this major company, uh, monthly support at uh, 32. You can see all those monthly lows, 3192, 3223. So 3210 was even last month's low. So are we going to do the Lazy Boy story uh, here? No, no. We, he's, well, we're actually making we're pretty good time. We're, we're making good time tonight. Okay. Actually. Uh, yeah. I've okay, managed, I'll go on I, mute. When are you doing it? I've right managed now? To- you want to do it right now? I've managed to keep the train on on the tracks more or less uh, for, for the first twenty five minutes here. So uh, I think we we, we have teased it for a couple of years here, and it's almost built up too much that it's going to be probably now not as as good. So that's okay. For format, I'll go to eight thirty one. I could tell this story, and, and okay, it's my friend Eric is the actual person who went through this lazy boy experience that I'm going to get into. Can't give his last name because he won't allow it. I've tried to bring him on the show to tell the story because he tells stories like nobody other. The attention to detail. This would be an hour story. He'd like tell it almost in real time. And you'd be laughing through the whole thing. So I'm going to tell you the short five-minute version of it. So scenario, back to the university days, 20 years old. Uh, my friend Eric goes down to Ohio State going to Buckeyes game. And they go to a house party to start pre-drinking, right? Then they go to the house, then they go to the game. Everybody has too many drinks. Comes back, it's back to the house party at like one o'clock in the morning or two o'clock in the morning, like late, late, late. And everybody is like the house party is over. Everybody is just passed out. It's on college kids. Everybody's had too much to drink. So, anyways, he's staying at this house, is the problem. It was his buddy's house. So he's staying here. So he's like, Well, where am I gonna sleep? This is like bodies. There is nowhere for me to sleep here. So he's looking around. He says, oh, lazy boy, right there, just sitting there. He's like, well, I can sleep. That'll be a good spot to sleep. So he goes over to the lazy boy. And, you know, he's had too many drinks. And he's kicking back and relaxing. He kicks the lazy boy up. And, you know, he's just relaxing and going to go to sleep. Well, you know how sometimes you're like, yeah, you had too much to drink. And you have, he has a little jerky movement. He jerks himself awake a little bit. So he jerks himself awake. And he puts the recliner, you know, and it goes down in the reclining part. The, where you put your legs snaps back into place but the problem is he gets his leg caught inside that reclining part so what do you call that part spencer you know like so i get it i uh, the footrest i don't yeah, know Yeah, the footrest so the footrest was out but he jerks himself and then he gets his leg caught inside the footrest so it's locked into place with his leg in it so he's sitting now in the lazy boy and he's got his leg stuck in the lazy boy so he's literally stuck in that footrest and you can't, the problem with the lazy boy is you have to push the footrest in to release it. It has to go in, but it can't go in because his leg is blocking it from going in. So he can't pull it out. So anyways, he's like, he's, everybody's asleep. So he's, he's yells at his buddy. Hey, Hey, he's like, you got to help me here. I'm like, got my leg caught. And the guy's looking at me like, what do you mean? He's like, I've got my leg stuck in the lazy boy. The guy laughs a little bit. He's like, okay, okay, okay. So he's trying to open it up. They can't get it open. So they're trying to pry it. He's trying, can't push it to release it. Can't pull it. So he's stuck in it. So, okay. So anyways, there's still, he's trying to, you know, get out of this thing. So then, you know, he's like rocking, you know, he's like, okay, well, they're trying to work it. Anyways, they they get it. Like they're pushing on it so hard. The lazy boy falls over. So now he's actually stuck on his side. The lazy boy's leg is caught 
inside the footrest part, can't get it out, and now he's laying on the ground, stuck in the Lazy Boy. So they get another friend. There's two of them now trying to get him out of this. And they're like, they're like, can't get it open. It's like, he's like, actually, my leg, it's like been 10 minutes now. My leg is actually starting to really hurt. Like it's stuck in here. It's cramped. It's actually, I'm starting to get hurt. He's like, he's like, it's crazy, but he's like, call 911. Call 911. I'm stuck in a lazy boy and I'm actually, I don't want to lose my leg in a lazy boy instant. And he's like, my leg hurts too much. Call 911. They're like, we're not calling 911. Call 911. So they call 911 and um, the, the, the friend and says, uh, my buddy is stuck in a lazy boy. 911 operator says, sir, this is a Saturday night. We get a lot of crank calls. We don't need, you know, your jokes here on, to a 911. He's like, no, no, for real, for real. My buddy is stuck in a lazy boy. I need you to send somebody to get, send the police or somebody to get him out. So anyway, or send the send an ambulance. His leg is stuck. It's turning blue. His leg hurts. So they go and the ambulance driver shows up like 15 minutes later. They look at him stuck he's laying on the ground like this stuck in the lazy boy's leg and both ambulance drivers start laughing because it's just a funny situation he's like it's not funny my leg really hurts they're like okay okay so the ambulance drivers are trying to get it trying to get it open they can't get it open either so they call the police police come with the jaws of life not not a word of a lie they show up with the jaws of life and come in with the jaws of life and snap the footrest and his leg is released. The whole ordeal was like an hour. It's like, thank goodness I did not lose my leg in a Lazy Boy. So not, so not a word of a lie, but he rescued from a Lazy Boy with the jaws of life. And that right. is the five-minute version. Bravo, bravo. You said 831, too, and you went I'm right, right there. I was trying to watch the clock as I'm telling, so I had to leave That's a few nice. little details. Though, it's been but... like two years since we've told that story. Everyone chill in the chat. Jaws right? of life, and that's yeah, a true story. Yeah, Jaws of... Rescued from the lazy boy with the jaws of life. Gosh, I wanted to hear if that. that was on social media. If that was social media nowadays, that would go viral oh, man, if you would have all over the world. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> Import prices, uh, PPI there. Uh, we're getting – was it – or we, we, we had retail, retail sales. Yeah, retail sales, oh, man. I had a feeling – oh, this is for January, so never mind. Strong. It strong. was very, it was very yeah. strong. Uh, and we'll get retail earnings starting tomorrow with Walmart, but mostly next week. And it was a strong holiday season as well. So I have a hunch we'll see some numbers come through strong from there. Uh, but retail sales for January, 3.8% for us, a 2% estimate. Uh, mm-hmm. So a big beat on that. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, a lot of data out today. But don't forget, we do have Fed minutes out at 2 p.m. Eastern time. Um, there is some disagreement amongst our crew here with regards to how um uh how much is going to it's going to move the markets uh i'm of the camp where it's probably not going to move the markets like it did the last time around uh mitch and dennis don't do not agree with me i don't really know where joel stands on that but um so that's two o'clock that's going to be kind of the big thing the big interday news item is going to be the fed minutes today so uh stay I think I think it's gonna be, yeah i think it's going to be a whippy day i think yeah. really it's i a, mean it's we a whippy do- year it's yeah. just a choppy year, and you've got to keep playing that chop. And how you play chop is you're buying dips, selling rips, not chasing moves. Chasers get destroyed in choppy environments. They really do. We're not in this momentum environment where everything goes and everything continues to move. You're in a chop 
fast environment. It's been choppy all year. It continues to be choppy. I think the Fed minutes will matter because there's two things that matter to this market right now, Ukraine and interest rates. And we're going to get some information on a tone, at least the tone. Maybe Mm -hmm. we can figure out some tone, something said there in the minutes that the market might grasp to. But I do think it'll be a market moving event. Okay. There we go. Uh, 833. Uh, you know what we can do? We can actually bring on our next guest a couple minutes early here because I see her uh, lurking backstage. Uh, Michelle Krebs is the uh, Director of Automotive Relations um, at Cox Automotive and Executive Analyst at Auto Trader and um, has a, as good a view and, and uh, of, of the automotive industry uh, as anyone, frankly. So let's bring Michelle uh, on right now. Uh, Michelle, good morning. Good How morning. I didn't know I was lurking. Uh, yeah, that's, that's what I say to people who are backstage. How are we doing? How are we doing today? Yeah, fine, fine. Uh, so give us your like top down view here. There's a lot of headlines coming through on all the different automakers, uh, both in, in on the EV front, on the supply chain front. Uh, give us like your o- overview of this market right now. So the overview of the market is kind of what it was as we closed last year. We still have inventory shortages. We still have very high prices, although they are coming off their peaks. Um, We do think this year will be better than last year. We sold about 15 million vehicles in uh, 2021. We expect to add another million. We're being very optimistic that the chip supply situation will ease and that production will ramp up. Um, Fingers crossed on that one. So uh, and, uh, and then, of course, we had earnings reports come in, and what it shows is uh, automakers are making a lot of money, uh, more money on uh, fewer vehicles sold. So it's not been all bad news for dealers and automakers. I mean, the prices of cars too has gone up so. Like, I, I took a drive through a lot a few weeks ago, and I couldn't believe the price tags on the new cars. It felt right. like they're up like twenty, thirty percent. I don't know if that's accurate, but I think it that's feels, a little sure high. But, but they are up. And, and what's interesting is this is the first time I ever remember that um, vehicles are selling at full list or more. Yeah. Yeah. Like people are some, I've heard in some cases are playing over list just because they want the mm-hmm. car now. They're like, well, you know, we can get you the car now, but the price is this. It's right. like, I've never heard of it. You always knock a couple thousand dollars off the price tag when you're negotiating right. for a truck. And incentives but- are the lowest. I think they're like, three percent of atp or something like that they're ridiculous so uh but and that's an area that automakers are saving a lot of money so michelle how do we think this all plays out assuming uh the automakers are correct in that and you are correct in the the that the chip shortages uh abate and get better and uh, uh do prices come back down like where they should be? We already are seeing them slip off their peak. They're going to stay high. I I saw an interesting chart the other day that showed basically we are paying prices now that we would have paid under normal circumstances with typical inflation three years from now. Okay. Um, So they they aren't going to fall far back because we do see inventory shortages for uh, quite some time because it's going to take time to uh, feed the pipeline the other thing is we've not sold any vehicles to rental car fleets and they're chomping at the bit to get vehicles. Um, we have any, the industry hasn't really supplied even the commercial fleet business fully. So um, there are a lot of levers to pull for automakers. Should there be any slump in retail demand, which we don't see at all. Um, so we're going to see if the production's there, if the vehicles are there, we'll see strong sales for quite some time. We're on the line with Michelle Krebs. She's an executive 
uh, analyst for Cox Automotive. Uh, I want to go to Ford here. And, um, man, oh, man, I don't know how much this is in the national press, but it's certainly in the local press. And are they putting a lot of money into the old trade station uh, downtown? And they're trying to transform, right? They're, they're looking 10, 15, 20 years out, you know, for, for transportation, for, uh, that, you know, the roads, for the infrastructure, for the engineers. Is this, man, they're spending a lot of money. Uh, do you think that, you know, they're on course with this to really, you know, send the, the country or send the, uh, the company, set them up for the next 10, 15, 20 years? Or do you think this is a pretty expensive experiment? Well, they they have said they're spending about a billion dollars. Um, they're going to be moving their autonomous vehicle operations there. Uh, you know, they're getting some support from uh, the state. Uh, Google just announced it's going to move some operations into that building. Uh, you know, there's other lease possibilities in that building if they don't take it all up. Uh, I, I don't know how to predict how it'll all turn out, but I think a lot of what they're doing is very interesting there. Just, I think it was last week or something, they've the state and Ford announced they're going to do the first little stretch of road that um, powers EVs as they're moving along the roadway. And I think that's uh, because one of the big things we've got to tackle is how do we uh, do charging for EVs if we're going to go uh, fully in that direction. So I, I think it's interesting. I don't I don't know how it'll turn out. Uh, speaking of Ford, Michelle, very I was very uh, I was a little bit surprised to see. They're, uh, I think they advertised during the Super Bowl for, for their, their EVs when they, they admitted, like, we can't keep up with demand. Mm-hmm. That, that, that was an interesting uh, uh, decision, I thought. Uh, for, as far as the EV side of, of the market, do you have any, any thoughts for us there, specific automaker or, or otherwise? Well, um, you know, we, are, we have seen, ever since the fourth quarter of 2020, we have seen a surge in electrified vehicles, so hybrids, which are twice as many as EVs and EVs. We're now seeing, um, you know, about, uh, I think it's 28% of the uh, shoppers we talk to say they're considering an electrified vehicle in the future. About 10% of those may be EVs. Um, there's a whole lot more choice on the market. It just was only Tesla and we're seeing a lot of new vehicles. And, and as, ter- as far as Ford's concerned, we are seeing shopping for their um, new EVs and hybrids uh, uh, really skyrocket they the maverick with the little ford maverick pickup truck that is comes as a hybrid but you can order a gasoline engine has really taken off in terms of interest with the public of course it helps that it starts at twenty thousand dollars um the the uh ford f-150 lightning the electric truck that comes this spring tremendous interest in that. Uh, it's It's gone to the top 10 of, of shopping on our uh, site, and yet it's not even available to buy, and it's everything that's going to be produced is already spoken for. Wow. Uh, there was a question in our chat. Someone asked if I could please ask you about Carvana. I don't know if you have thoughts on Carvana at all or how it, how it fits into all this. No, it's, you know, they have changed a lot of the game. Um, they cert- We certainly pay a lot of attention to Carvana, Room, uh, you know, they're, they're, they offer an online experience, which we know is the way consumers want to go. Um, and uh, they've done really well. They've had some stumbles in terms of paperwork in Florida and North Carolina in terms of titling and that kind of thing. Um, but, you know, I think they're a force to be reckoned with. 
Besides the uh, supply chain issues, um, the automakers obviously are um, labor intensive here. Do they do they have the pricing power to you know absorb the the rises in wages? Right, Every, you know with inflation and everything. How just going back to prior um, inflationary periods. Um, you know, how is uh, what's been the impact of rising wages for the workers? Well, the, the wages already were determined by the D- Detroit Three because they negotiated negotiated those in their contracts. So that's not really changing. Um, I think commodities prices uh, prices are uh, a much more uh, concern because they are skyrocketing. Things like lithium, you know, you guys watch it; it's just soared in terms of price, and that you have to have that for today's uh, EV. So I think that's that has way more of an impact on the other makers. They know what their labor costs are, at least through the. the what are they up for contracts again? What are is they? Did just do one? Because uh, that's I, I can't remember because it's a four year, and I can't remember. It's going to be a doozy. Uh, that oh that yeah, started. yeah, yeah, boy, oh boy, that is going to be a doozy. All right, Michelle Krebs, uh, it's always a, a pleasure to chat with you. Director of Automotive Relations at Cox Automotive, Executive Analyst at Auto Trader. Michelle, thanks so much for coming on, as always, and thanks for the insights. Thank you. Thanks, All Michelle. Right. All right. And one of our few local guests, I will add, joining us from uh, the Motor City. Uh, we always appreciate Michelle. Okay, so to 842, we're going to have Dan Ives from Wedbush on in, what, like 18 or so minutes from yeah. now. So in the meantime, we can cover more earnings, and we will definitely do some ticker time. Uh, we did not cover. There's a few things we didn't cover yet. We didn't cover Upstart, which is your your up your gainer of the morning. Frankly, I just want to say, if uh, you want your yeah. chance to buy shop at 800, it's going to be there in about 47 seconds. Look at that. Our shop thing. went down further. Oh, wow. yeah. it's up to another 40 bucks since we talked. Yeah. But you can't buy the dips on these stay at home plays. Yeah, look at that. 800. Cha-ching. Not that shops a pure stay at home play, but I mean it's online shopping. So this is like, obviously the business is building sites for small businesses. So it's definitely not a reopening play. Upstart okay. 2, this yeah. is leaking, man. Give us the earnings, but this is leaked big time. Yeah, so as I said, it, it's the gainer of the morning, and it's still up 21% here, or was last I checked. But they're half at, of it back, though. Earnings were out last night, uh, $0.89 cent EPS versus a $0.51 cent estimate. Sales of $305 million versus $262 million. So they blew away the Q4 numbers. They gave Q1 sales guidance above estimates. They gave fiscal year sales guidance. Uh, that was wait. Is that that's light. That's interesting. Uh, they also announced a $400 million buyback. So earnings beat strong. Q1 guidance, weaker fiscal year guidance, but uh, buyback to boot. They could not stop buying this last night, Joel, but it's not the kind of stock that's, you know, ripping yeah. one up 100. <laughs> like you're paying up 40 bucks or $45. I guess it was up over $40 at one time. You think it's going up 80 on that report? Is this this, this is, environment? It's got to be one of the worst looking uh, charts of a stock up 20.5%. I mean, it hit 150. Was there anything on the dailies there? I don't know if there is anything on the dailies. Man, 155.60. Nah, the only way you caught that thing is if you were just like thrown out, you know, 100 at 140, two at 143, you know, 500 at 145. It's the only way you catch that kind of move. I'll just say where we're sitting right now. And we're finding a little bit of intraday or pre-market support here at 131. So... Doesn't hold 131. You got a long ways to go to the top of yesterday's range. That's way down closer to 110. So better catch a bounce here. I don't think you're going to get a look at the pre-market uh, high 
and let's see. I think it's gone, gone. And it needs to hold this 130. It's hanging out here. Like, you don't want to see a stock when you're buying these things. And not that I ever buy them on chasing, but you don't want to see them give half of it back. I mean, and then what can happen is it continues. Like, and then you're in a, in a, and people are caught. Yeah, you got people that have been buying this. Like one, you got bag holders from last night. I mean, one four, and then you have bag holders from basically forever in the stock. When the guy was on CNBC and they asked him what he does, and he didn't even know, but he was along a bazillion shares. I mean, four hundred to one hundred people want to get their money back. So as you come in, and this is what we talk about all the time, it's hard for stocks to just that have been down for this long to just all of a sudden get it all back because there's too many people who are underwater. So unfortunately I wouldn't be chasing this one either. Okay. uh, I want to move away from earnings here. If you have a company that's main product is a mobile app and the main revenue source is advertising, watch out today. Okay. Cause there's a report from the WSJ that fit that Google is following in the steps of Apple and they are going to be doing. Remember how Apple had the new privacy restrictions, where they they forbade uh, tra- f- tracking users for advertising purposes. Google is going to do the same thing. They're going to be uh, removing ad tracking on Android phones uh, here in the next. Uh, what what does it say? Uh, in the next. Uh, doesn't say when, but they plan to remove ad tracking. So look at Facebook here. Look at Snapchat yeah, here. Yep. Look at Twitter here. Look at MTCA. Oh Every single company, if you have an app, if you're an app-based company and you're an advertising-based company as well, then you're in trouble today. And they're already yeah. in trouble. Yeah. I mean, you know, now you're on Facebook. You're breaking down to a new 52-week low. And everybody's like looking at this and saying, okay, it's value. And, you know, I look at it too and say at a certain point in time, yeah, but I mean, holy, making new lows every day. I mean, now they get hit with more bad news here again. Does it have a date with 200? It might. Why did they just decide to do this now, huh? I mean, well, they well, they've been I, doing that. I, I mean, and they're so their core business is under attack I from know. multiple fronts. From yeah. comp, Facebook's core business, competition. And now you've got the ad tracking that is obviously, you know, people are, are opting out of it. I mean, so now you can't do that, you know, when I'm searching for something or whatever, and then it pops up and starts throwing me ads because, oh, hey, he was searching for a new car, and now I've got a bazillion new car ads or new F-150, I have a bazillion F-150 ads. If you can't do that, that, those advertising dollars are worth a hell of a lot less. The problems for Facebook, man. Yeah, I'm just looking at the uh, the monthlies. I mean, not another step down seller here. They're just like whoever was trying. They're like, oh, we got a little double bottom here. Nope, at two fourteen seventy eight, we're trading two thirteen fifty. I think it's always, going under two hundred. It, it always seems to have some uh, bounces. Where that's going to be two hundred seven eleven. Uh, that takes you back to June of two thousand twenty. And then after that, one ninety eight seventy six. So boy, yeah, I think boy. it's got a date with that one ninety eight. We've come too far now. <sighs> We've, the, yeah. the, the, the easy money. Well, no, there's never easy money, but the easier money is probably actually to short the stock. I mean, that's and that's crazy to say. And you know, and I'm not saying I don't like shorting stocks that are down seven dollars, but I think this is a date with two hundred. That's just my opinion. Not short the stock. Just my opinion, but I think it's got a date with two hundred. It's better than shorting the stock up seven bucks, right? I mean, at least you got the momentum. Sometimes. Yeah, you got the I mean, momentum. You're with the flow, but I hate shortening the hole too. But, you know, I don't yeah. think 
This is when did this break? When did this news break? 8, 8 a.m. this morning. Yeah, okay. Have they, I don't know if they've talked about it on CNBC yet or not, but no. when it gets no, the haters, CNBC attention too, it sometimes starts to get hit. But but, it, but not everything is being hit equally here. So I would I would point you because obviously we all know Facebook, but I would point your attention to Pinterest and Snapchat and Twitter and Match. Match is an app-based company uh, that relies on uh, subscriptions, but also advertising. They right? hate Facebook right now, though. I know, but this doesn't just affect Facebook, is what I'm saying. So, everybody. Every Ooh, look at that snap. Ooh. Man, oh, man. I don't understand why this is getting a pass. I seriously. Do it was I. a good quarter. Maybe everybody just expected so much bad about it. Uh, I think, you know, you've had this basically from the bottom, Joel, a week and a half ago, 20, you know, that when they when it's... they sold everything, $24 to 41 it was like up 80% in seven days, 80% eight days, and a stock that's in an overall downtrend. And I don't, I, I wouldn't want to own it. I'll say that. Someone made a stand here. I wish I'd been looking at this one. Look at this $42 area. Someone said, you know what? I'll sell all you want at, at just under 42 Look at that, 197 197 189 and then stepped down a little bit yesterday, trading on the lows of the pre-market session. What do you got? I guess the only daily low you got thirty-seven eleven. If you feel like nibbling, and then uh, this low right here, you started to get to the gap at thirty-four ten. Spoos are now cratering here. We are down. We are making a new low of the pre-market session. Do we have eight fifty-one? What was it? What uh, was there any kind of? I mean, kinda... I mean, I'm watching Facebook tank here. Doesn't yeah, that, I guess that they know move the whole market. <laughs> I guess so. We found that out again. Facebook, a culprit. Look at this. Snap and then Market Twitter. gets Facebooked. Yeah, yeah. again. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Again. And, and and just just to be clear, so this is Google's decision. This this is not this is not a a move that is really going to affect Google one way or the other. It, it in in the same way that Apple's decision didn't really affect Apple one way or the other either. I guess all they're doing is they're saying, hey, well, we're willing to take a little bit less of a cut from your advertising if it means more privacy for our users. It makes perfect sense that Apple did this six, six seven months sure. ago. Um, and so Google is just following suit here. So yeah, Facebook, un- the, the, any app-based uh, advertising company uh, is under attack here. Facebook under attack uh, probably mo- the most, which is why they Shop tended to, to, to drops but, um, 7.93 down 96.50. We just yeah. hit 7.93. Can I ask? Uh, can I try and look at uh, the other side of this? Is there is there anybody that's going to benefit? From well, this, is well, there any kind of advertisers? Come on, Spencer, before, help me out. Before you go there, definitely pull, not Viacom. Before you go there, go uh, go to the trade <laughs> Sorry. desk. Wait, before you go there, go to the trade desk because the trade desk is a company that facilitates this kind of like mo- like ad like mobile advertising, right? And they had earnings this morning, and it, the earnings were pretty good. But this this kind of a, a, a headline directly impacts. They're getting hammered the off this headline of, too. Of the trade desk, and thank you for. Thanks to whoever pointed that out. Is this got up to over ninety dollars on the headline number? Danny in the chat, I think, pointed that out. I forget who it was. Uh, Danny, sorry. Danny. Uh, so, someone in the chat pointed this out. But yeah, the trade desk has reversed this morning because here you have now the implications are of this are are quite clear, right? You're going to have it basically if you're a company like Facebook or any company that advertises on mobile, right? Uh, how do you advertise? You advertise by by aggregating all this user data. And then saying, hey, 
Hey, Procter and Gamble, look at all this user data we have. Oh, Procter and Gamble, what's that? You you want to target, um, you know, uh, single mothers who've been to uh, these four websites in the last month? Here you go. We have that data for you right now. And then that gets get, that goes through the advertising ecosystem via a company like the Trade Desk that facilitates that. So there's going to be less of that data wow. available to add to gather in the first place, which just makes it harder to sell ads against, which is the entire business here. So this, uh, is, not, this is not a great situation. News algo just hammered on this one, Joel. They've had the beat and the beat. The news algo bought this thing up to $90, actually $91 it looks like on the chart from where I'm looking at it on yours. It's now $76. You're talking about a you know, seventeen percent fall here That's from the highs we set forty-five minutes ago. This is not a good headline here. I don't think it's bouncing back like back to those eighty-two, eighty-five. Not if this is you know impacting like Spencer Israel is saying it. I don't know if it continues to go down from here. I don't know if I want to sell if it just fell seventeen bucks. But man, on a bounce, I'd be selling to trade. That's just my opinion. So if you bounce from here, I'd be lightening up. Like you get anywhere near the close, like eighty. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you're gonna. But it was 90. So I don't know. Maybe you get a little bounce here. Maybe some reprieve. Maybe somebody like Kramer comes on and says, oh, it was a great quarter. Maybe you get a little bit of a reprieve. But this is not good news here either. Man, this tough market. Tough this market. is this is like a, a brutal. This, this, is, this has just been a beatdown kind of a pre-market prep show, man. We got to. But the spy's holding up well. And you yeah. know what's holding up is the reopening stocks. You know, that's like if I like you can clearly see some separation here today. I mean, maybe not as much, but the cruise lines are still trading the green. Some of the retailers are trading in the green. We got some of the cyclicals trading in the green. We got oil's way up. Is we have news on Russia or Ukraine? Is there anything breaking in that? Because uh, oil's now taking another leg higher here. Because they don't know, they haven't identified whether they're uh, somebody or uh so uh, uh Blinken was speaking earlier. Hey, Blinken, I can't. Every Here, time I see Abe his Lincoln? Name, every time I, I see his wow. name, He's in the metaverse. I saw Abe in the oh, metaverse. That's every, cool. You can bring people back from the dead in the metaverse. No, I never really I, thought about I said that. Blinken. But... I said Blinken. Uh, oh, every... Blinken. Yeah, I thought uh, we brought Abe Lincoln back. From the no, middle. no, I, I, the, 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 he's 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 uh, Anthony Blinken, right? He's um, uh, I, what Secretary of State. Uh, every time I see his name, I, I think of Robin Hood and Tights. <laughs> Dave Chappelle's character is Dave. You think of who? Robin Hood. That's it's a fun. That's pretty good. That's his pretty character's good name is Blinken. Anyway, moving on. Um, but no, I think he was speaking this morning. We're, we're leaking here. I'm gonna say yeah, I got something here from Russia. Go. Um, so the headline that was released just recent was Ukraine crisis. This is from the Guardian. NATO accuses Russia of increasing number of troops on borders despite <laughs> claims. Oops, they were wrong yesterday. <laughs> They're, oh no. This is the logic. Sometimes it just stops to think about the logic. I mean, you had this ridiculous rally that, oh, Ukraine, oh, we may not, they may not invade now. Maybe it's backing up. So they let me just try to think this straight. They mobilize all the troops, they get ready for an invasion, and then they just decide, oh no, we'll talk and we're not gonna, we're just gonna pack up our troops and go home. Is that what we were supposed to believe yesterday? There was no way. So I don't know. I think eventually an invasion is actually going to occur. I think it is. And that's why I'm scared a little bit to own stocks here right now. I don't know if that's 100. Nobody knows anything. Maybe Putin does pack up his troops and leave. But from all of his like you know history here, 
do you joel do you think he's packing up those troops and just going home and saying okay yeah we're you know we don't want to you know piss everyone off in the world we better just you know pack up and go home he doesn't play that way he's tough man i don't think he's packing up and going home uh i think he needs to take a look at uh, his history books i don't think he's gonna win if that's what you're saying, but I just do you think I don't think he's going to pack up and go home. Do you uh, think he's going? I I don't. Know. I mean, that's what the market was saying yesterday. I think we said this on the well, show. You can't you're do buying stocks yesterday. Like you're banking on that he's packing up and going home. I don't think he's doing that. So that's why I wasn't buying stocks yesterday. Yeah, yeah, not on a not on a ripper day. Like and the media, I mean. yeah, it, the media, and you can't believe anything, you know. Like it seems like they grab something and they spin it to fit their narrative. And obviously, not everyone, but you know, it's the same thing with the truckers in Canada. You have to believe that we're all in lockdown here. The truckers are all fighting for the freedom, and because none of us are free. I, I went about in my business yesterday. Brother-in-law went and saw a movie. You know, like movie theaters open. Oh, what did you see? Seems pretty open to me. I seem pretty free. I feel pretty free. I guess you can't fly on an airplane without a vax card. So, I, like I said, they're going to get rid of those vax cards. I can see we're on the path to freedom already. I I said it was going to be a busy morning, and I wasn't lying because we got news flying left and right here. But I do want to bring on our, our next guest. Uh, I, I see him. He, he's here now. Dan Ives. Uh, uh, this has been a long time coming. Dan is Managing Director of Equity Research at Wedbush Securities. Uh, and we are very excited to have him on the show. Joel, you ready? Yeah, yeah. Right. Let's get Dan on the show right now. Dan, good morning. How are we doing today? Good. Great to be here. Great to have you uh, on. Yeah, really. Uh, what a what a crazy day in the markets, just uh, overall. But uh, uh, just I was looking over like your your areas of coverage and the stocks that you cover, and and you got like you really cover the gambit from from stocks that you know make a lot of money and you know value you know value stocks, and then. All the way on the opposite end of the spectrum. I mean, how do you put the different hats on to, you know, to di- differentiate, to analyze, you know, stocks that are so fundamentally different? Yeah, I mean, look, my coverage over the last twenty-one years, it, it's evolved. I mean, I started off core software and, and cybersecurity, and now covering more, especially over the last sort of five, six years, disruptive technology, electric vehicles is a huge focus of ours, you know, especially with Tesla, one of our our top picks over the last decade. And, you know, I think, look, everything's evolving. So I don't think you can just paint every sector with the same brush from evaluation. You got to look at it differently. And that's how we've always done it. Uh, Now, obviously, we've always been more, uh, I think, bullish in terms of how we've looked at technology, I think, in the middle of a fourth industrial revolution. And, you know, I think there's going to be clear winners and losers. But that's sort of how we painted this sector. And we just view things differently. Uh, some have looked at Tesla like an auto company. We've never viewed it as an auto company. We view it as disruptive technology vendor. That's how we valued it. And it's all in the eye of the beholder. The haters will continue to hate, but that's always been our thesis. Dan, I want to go to cybersecurity for a second here because you had a note out uh, this morning on, I think it was Zscaler and Palo Alto, uh, and you were bullish on both. So can you uh, elaborate on that? Yeah, I mean, even if you think about earnings, I, I think the strongest standout in tech has been cybersecurity, fundamentally. I mean, the average company beaten raised by about four to 500 bips. I mean, some of our table pounders have been Zscaler and Pala. You know, they'll both report next week. Our checks on both of those have been much stronger than expected in terms of the shift to the cloud. And, and I think it's one where 
You know, I, I heard you you talking before about Shopify and some of the work from home names, and obviously they're fading. But if you look at the enterprise digital transformation that's happened on cloud, I, I think it's unmatched anything I've seen since the mid '90s. And I look at Zscaler in terms of I think that's going to be a core winner over the next decade, and it's going to grow more into its valuation. Palo Alto, I think, is a re-rating name on cloud. I think significantly discounted here relative to what we think is going to happen. When you say I, you're, you, hold on, when, when you say your checks have been stronger in terms of the migration to the cloud, what exactly does that mean? That means that if you, if I go back about a year ago, you had about 30% of enterprises, 30, 35% shift into the cloud. That's basically putting their workloads in the cloud. That's where they're going to sort of move in sort of a semi remote environment. Today, that's probably closer to 55 to 60%. And the reason that's important is that you can look at names like Microsoft, look at Amazon, the AWS cloud print, which is an acceleration, look at GCP. But as much as we talk about cloud, you need to protect those workloads, which is why names like Zscale or CrowdStrike to us, you know, Sentinel One among others have been kind of core names to own here, you know, despite obviously valuations continuing to get crushed. I mean, and you go to a good point is there's going to be a lot of companies here that eventually will grow into these valuations. So you look and you think, okay, well, I can't play these nosebleed valuations, but I mean, you may not be the case in two or three years. How do we separate it though? How do we figure out which companies are going to be the companies that are going to, you know, grow into those valuations and which companies are not going to be? Because I mean, we can go back to even like the tech bubble burst and there were some great buys back in 2001, 2002. The Amazons were there. But, you know, there was the pets.com too. I have difficulty separating. How do you separate it? And that's the big debate right now. I mean, it was someone that myself that covered tech stocks back in the bubble, back in the burst. You know, obviously, I think I, I view those situations in terms of comparing time periods dramatically different because the spending is actually happening today. And, you know, we, we sort of break it out into... You know, I think the clear winners are going to be, in terms of what we're seeing in cloud and cybersecurity, that trend to us is, it's not even a question that's going to happen. And to look, today you only have 44% of workloads are on the cloud. When that goes 70% in the next two years. So how do you play that theme? I think that's why when I look at cyber, I look at in cloud, I think these are the two of the core areas that we want to own within tech. Now, in terms of valuations, and this has always been an argument, transformational growth names. If you view them on a straight PE over the next year, you wouldn't miss the Netflixes, the Teslas, the For Facebooks, sure. the Microsoft. We could continue to go on and on. So many investors that I've talked to that have probably been at six shops in the last 10 years, they'll continue to argue on the transformational valuations. And they could, you could argue to your blue in the face. But I believe you got to look to when the models get fully scalable, 2024, 2025. That's how you value them. That's how you value a Z-scale. It's how you value a CrowdStrike, in, in my opinion, you know, which is why these are some of the high flyer names that you continue on. So let's take contrast that with like a DocuSign. Yeah. Work from home beneficiary, huge poster child. And that's one that will continue to decelerate and it's catching a fallen knife. What about you say talking talking to investors and you know here we are in a you know a rising interest rate environment inflation you know the common speak is you know that that you know the inflation and 
the higher rates are going to make their earnings diminish. When you talk to investors and, you know, you're doing your strict fundamental analysis, you know, how do, how do you confront those questions about, well, I can't own, I can't own these stocks in an inflationary environment. I mean, look, be on the street for decades. I mean, I sat next to an economist for 10 years. He was in the office next to me. If I, if I literally believed everything he's told me, I would have never owned a growth stock from 2002 to 2022. So the point is, you know what? Every time investors talk about it, it's like, oh, I forgot. It's my bad. Tech stocks can't go up in a rising rate environment. I, I forgot that from business school. That was chapter eight in that one book. Look, it just goes back to like, I think it's, even though magnetically tied, I view it as the wrong perception. I'm not saying valuation scrutiny is not going to be there. Froth doesn't come off the market. But if you look at it on a peg basis, factoring in growth, tech right now is right within historical trends, about 1.3, 1.4. Because growth in tech over the next two to three years is about two to three X higher than historical. Because what we're seeing in cloud because of 5G, because of cybersecurity, because of fourth industrial revolution. So it goes back to like investors, they hated NASDAQ at 4,000, despised it at 16. They're going to hate it at 14, saying that the world's ending. And, and I think that's ultimately what makes the market, right? In our opinion, I think that's what's created the opportunities in these types of tapes where it's a Fed Putin driven tape, news cycle, headline risk, everything else. And I think when you, if you tune out the noise, that's all that's created the, what I'll call diamonds in the rough over the last decade. So, so just to be clear, you said peg, you're referring to price to earnings growth. And just to recap what you said previously, you like Palo Alto, you like um, Zscaler. What about CyberArk here? I love CyberArk. I mean, I think when you look at a basket of cybersecurity, you got to own CyberArk, Tenable. I think, you know, you look at, again, we talk about Palo as well as Zscaler, Fordnet, even as sort of this basket approach along with Checkpoint, you want to own some value names with cash flow as sort of the basket. That's why I think cybersecurity basket approach is the best way to own it because you don't just want to own the high flyers in this type tape. But in terms of, let's just go back. I mean, I've looked back. It's about the strongest cybersecurity earnings that we've seen in, in about 25 quarters relative to expectations. So it just goes back to like, we, we could be in an indefinite what I call a white knuckle period. But I think sometimes as an investor, I mean, that's what I do, you know, in, in terms of all day long, just handholding institutional investors through the volatility. How do you own it? And I think that sort of created... You know, the sort of the opportunity, even if we look back in the last few months, go back to like supply chain fears in December, Apple, 160 felt like it was going down to 150. But yet look at that quarter. I mean, probably the strongest quarter we've seen at Cupertino relative to supply chain in, you know, in a number of years. So is there any cyber name that you don't like? Maybe I should have started with that. I mean... The, in, in terms of cyber, there's there's not one cyber name okay. that I'm a, that, that I, I specifically point out as one that I wouldn't own here. There's obviously names over others, but as an overall sector, now look, there's there's ETFs like the Hack and, and others that you could play it. But I believe like 
you know, one thing from this call I, I want to take away would be, I think cybersecurity is probably going to be the strongest subsector of tech this year. Uh, uh, just what? going back. All right. I'm sorry. Go, go, ahead. go, go Joel. I'll go next. No, I'm just talking about, um, you know, generational changes and whatnot. And obviously the pandemic uh, has brought a lot of things into the forefront. Uh, do you think that, that the tech industry without the pandemic would be at the same place that it is now? And then adding on to that, was there maybe just a, did you just have a temporary acceleration and growth here because of what happened? And now there's going to be a little bit of a reset or do you think the circumstances would have been the same no matter what? Well, I think it's a great question. I think, look, I think first off, there's a scarcity of growth in the market. So if you want to be in the right lane on the highway and own banks, that's awesome. Enjoy it. But I think more and more growth is where more investors want to be in the left lane. And I think more of that is intact in terms of just the scarcity to end the fourth industrial revolution that continues to play on. Now, clearly pandemic accelerated growth and was a pull forward names like zoom i mean the average human never heard of zoom now it's a household name like a vegetable so the point is like you saw acceleration that's why the netflix the zooms obviously slack which got acquired citrix got acquired. you're going to continue to see those the shopify's e-commerce plays those will fade moderate multiples will compress but, but what I would compare on the other side of tech in terms of like what the pandemic did, I'd view it almost like a sailboat that was a port where a lot of enterprises like, should we go to cloud? Should we rip the Band-Aid off? Oh, okay, let's just sail around the little port. Now more have kind of sailed into the ocean. That so, and, and like once that's happened, you can't, you can't put the genie back in the bottle. So I think in terms of the transition, what we're seeing in terms of the shift to cloud, that's what I talk about in terms of digital transformation. I believe the pandemic accelerated that, but we're seeing that play out this year. I mean, look, that's why it's my view. Like, we'll get Microsoft as a stock. I believe Microsoft Ultimate is going to be a $350, 375 stock. I think Amazon is going to continue to move higher in the sum of the parts because of cloud. I think Google is the same thing. More and more, you start to value the GCP business on some of the parts. Alphabet continues to move higher. Dan, let's go to the EVs. And you've got coverage of you know two very different companies, Rivian and General Motors. And um, you look at Rivian, and it's obviously a growth story, but it's you know basically you know, it doesn't make money. It doesn't even sell. You know, we're, pre, we're almost pre-revenue at this point in time. And then you have General Motors, which is more of a value play. You've got buys on both. What are your thoughts here? Two very different automotive companies, um, but obviously both obviously in the EV space. Look, I think there's a renaissance of growth that's happened in the 313 area code. I mean, I think in terms of what's happened with GM and Farley and Ford, I believe these are traditional automobile companies that over time, I think you've started to see some of it, will be significantly re-rated because of EV. You start to, you start to ultimately convert 10, 15% of that install base to EVs. I think these are stocks that get massively re-rated, which is why we're bullish on GM, which is why we're positive on Ford. And I view them as differently. When I look at the traditional ICE vendors and even like VW, throw them in there, I think there's a perception that it's Tesla or, 
In other words, it's either Tesla or they're going to seed share. Look, Tesla is going to, in EV land, it's Tesla's world, everyone else paying rent. I mean, let's just be clear in terms of the market share, scale, capacity, brand. And I think that that, that continues to play out, you know, despite supply chain issues. GM and Ford, you start to do some some of the parts on what the EV business can do. It's my view in the next 18, 24 months, like GM's a stock that could ultimately double. Now, right now, traditional investors, they'll just focus on supply chain, volt, you know, battery issues. And, but I think GM, what Mary's done there, unique ability to kind of expand that. And that's that's our view in terms of why we're positive on GM and Ford. What are Dan, your thoughts very... on Rivian? What, why, okay. uh, what are your thoughts on Rivian here? I mean, just give the story here. So, so in terms of Rivian, I think Rivian's a, it's a category builder. I mean, in terms of what RJ and the team have built out, in terms of sport utility vehicles, it's going to revolutionize pickup trucks. I believe Rivian over the coming years has the opportunity, especially with the scale, as well as what you look at from a demand perspective, to to be double-digit percent of pickup truck market. And, and I think that's something that we're right now, obviously a lot of hype coming out of the gate, supply chain issues, black eye in terms of the first quarter, you're seeing a risk off, stock's gotten crushed. I mean, I view Rivian, in, in my view, similar as how I viewed Facebook when it went public. I think Rivian is going to be a significant player. And I think ultimately this is a stock that, you know, starts to significantly rebound as I'll talk about growing into valuation, but Rivian's another one. You got to look at 24, 25 scale. That's what you view in terms of where they could get to, and that's how we value the company. Wow. Dan, forward-looking, it seems that that's what a lot of your analysis is. Uh, there's a lot of talk about, you know, connected cars and driverless cars, and, you know, you have your leaders. Obviously, you need the infrastructure to do that. Uh, do you see it, you know, any plays in that? It seems like we're a long way from it, but do you see – uh, you know, any, any plays and, you know, as far as connected cars and uh, drive, you know, besides the traditional, your Teslas and whatnot, do you see, see other companies that um, have a potential to, to aid the development of this? Yeah, I think names like, so there's some under the radar names like Ouija, which is a, a connected car play, uh, big data. I think they play into FSD. Um, of course, the, the Waymo piece of Alphabet, in terms of how they play into it. I think Uber tangentially plays into FSD. So I think there's there's a lot of connected car plays going forward. But but you're right. I think a lot of it, even though it's over the coming years, I mean, FSD is, is a real technology. Now, how soon do we get to level four? There's obviously a lot of regulatory, a lot of safety issues that they need to navigate. But that's something where... A lot of private companies that I talk to, you know, some of the technology innovation that I'm seeing, whether it's here in the U.S. or in, in across in Asia and, and throughout Europe, it's fascinating in terms of some of the FSD technology and connected cars. Dan Ives, Managing Director of Equity Research at Wedbush Securities. Uh, Dan, it is a pleasure to have you on our show today. Thanks so Thank much you. for coming on. Thanks for your time, Dan. All right. Uh, hey, we stayed late for y'all. 916. We got to hop, though, because A, it's about to Woo! 
be the open in 15 minutes, but also we got to go to live training with Benzinga. So uh, Dennis just dipped out without even saying goodbye. At least Joel's going to say goodbye. I'm going to say goodbye. I'm going to say goodbye. Uh, we're going to do a little different pre-market prep plus today because uh, we had Dan over here on this channel. So I'm going to switch over to that now. We didn't do one ticker. So I want y'all to, 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 to get in. To get in there, the ticker time, I'll open it up so everyone can get in there. And uh, let's have some fun until 945. Looks like we're going to have a wild open. Spence, I'll check in with you in in a little bit. See you later, Joel. In my defense, I didn't know that Facebook was going to tank this morning, but here we are. So, all right, we got through almost everything uh, on the agenda for the day with the exception of, the, of some ticker time. So live trading with Benzinga is going live in a couple minutes here. Mitch, Ryan, Junaid, live trading through the open. This stream will end and redirect to those guys. Uh, check out the link that's scrolling down across the screen there. That gets you 25% off a Benzinga Pro subscription. I highly, highly, highly recommend you click that. Uh, I'll, it's also in the uh, description of this video as well. Thanks to our guests today, Dan Ives and Michelle Crabb. Thanks to all of you in our chat. Thanks to our new YouTube members. You want to become a member? Check it out. Go to youtube.com slash Benzinga. Hit that join button. Get access to custom emojis and more down the line. Smash that like button for me. And uh, please remember that all the information from this show all of our shows meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or trading advice. All right, I'm going to hop. Good luck at the open today. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.